As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Actually, I'm an idiot. I should have pissed first, man. Give me two minutes. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> that's going to be the opening to this show, because that's as weird as this fucking show is. <laughs> Just Siggy lit. One more chug of coffee. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. And tonight we're actually rec- um, Scott McGregor. Hi, uh, this is Hair Metal Hero, Chris Tyler. Yo! Um, How's it going? Just two of us tonight, and we're, we're doing a little uh, side project here, uh, aside from our AOS and uh, DCCW shows, and because I'm obsessive and I, I badger this poor guy into doing these new shows <laughs> that are coming out with me, um, and we're going to talk about the new show coming out called Legion, or is out, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be about four episodes deep, Um. And this is something I've been reading about, and it's it's peripherally tied to the X-Men universe. And are you familiar with the character at all? I read most of them. A little bit, yeah. I was collecting back then. He was, he's a creation of Claremont and uh, Bill Sienkiewicz. Yep, that and, explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm following Bill on uh, Facebook these days, actually. He's quite entertaining. Um and so I think it was around maybe in the early 90s. I had my wiki page here. Hold on. Do, 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 do. Oh, no, earlier. 85. 85. First appearance was uh, New Mutants I wish, 25. Yeah. And if you don't know, the comic history of the character in a nutshell is he's Professor Xavier's kind of illegitimate son with yeah. Gabriel Heller, who was kind of a recurring X character for a while. Um, who he apparently got with, like, in his early... When they did, like, the, the origin of Magneto and Charles and the X-Men. Um, you know, they got a flashback to them fighting Lucifer and how he lost his use of his legs, and I think... Oh, yeah. Yep. I think Gabrielle showed up in that. And we learned later that they had a kid together, which he didn't know about. And in the books, his, his name is David Haller, and um, his powers essentially were kind of based... Uh, kind of Xavier times a hundred. He actually had super telepathy, super telekinesis, pyrokinesis, everything. Eventually, um, kind of thus the name and the, the name Legion kind of came about is that he had multiple personalities, the, the dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, and each one of his personalities controlled a different aspect of his powers. Now, eventually, he became, like, integrated, and he went after and caused the Age of Apocalypse and mania and craziness and lots of really bad time travel shit. (laughs) But but always kind of an interesting character, uh, as I said, but peripheral. um, And it's almost like they didn't really know what to do with him. Uh, so I was a little surprised when I read about them making this, and I don't know how much had you read about it or just me telling me um, being like, no, you have to watch I, this. It was it was one of those things. Where it was like, okay, it's a all right, it's a Marvel production, and 
Okay. Um, they're clearly putting an X in there, so yeah. it's definitely tied to the X-Men universe. But, I, again, that's not a, a chunk of X history that I'm familiar with, really. Yeah. Um, so it was one of those things that I did a little bit of research on. I'm like, okay, so, yeah, it's Xavier's kid, okay. I think it's All right. better uh, if you watch this and you haven't, um, at, really. Other than them saying mutant at one point during this first episode, you'd have no – and if you didn't see anything that said Marvel television, yeah. you'd be like, what? Just – you would have no clue. I still have no clue because this, <laughs> this was bug nuts crazy. Yes, it was. And I think that's why – the only reason I'm really watching it, I, I really had no interest in it at all. Because I haven't been a huge fan of what they Fox has done with the X Men in the movies, so I'm like, eh, TV. How's you know? I remember the Generation X pilot. Okay. Let's oh, I loved it. Way. I had it on. Oh, I yeah, kept it on VHS. I recorded bad. it. I had it for years. <laughs> let's be honest. It was objectively fucking horrible. Was that Heather McComb? Was the girl who played Jubilee? Oh my god, I had the biggest crush on her. <laughs> it was one step up from the never released Thank God Justice League show. Though let's be. Honest. Oh, it was way better than the unreleased Justice League pilot. <laughs> bad, I I, no, I actually on. didn't hate it. If that had went to series, I would have watched. I was buying Gen X at the time, so I, I was actually psyched for it. But yeah, and just to see Banshee and White Creek Queen and, and really bad hey, costumes. Hey man, it beat it beat the movies to the screen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It did. That yeah. was the first live action Cerebro. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, oh, big tangent. Okay, um, but this Important. is not that on any scale at all. This show. Um, and the only reason I even decided to check it out is I've read a couple good reviews, and I, I didn't realize it, but the showrunner is basically the guy that has been doing the Fargo TV show, which yeah. I haven't watched because I'm, I'm kind of a stickler that way, and I, I love Fargo the movies, so I'm like, oh, Fargo the TV show, but I've been hearing it's amazing. So have I. I just haven't uh, yeah. gotten around watching it yet. And I kind of did the same with Hannibal, the show. In that, you know, I love the books and the movies, and I didn't think it would translate to TV, but I checked that out, and it was amazing. Yeah, I gotta, at some point, get around to that, just and, just for uh, Matt Mickelson. So I listened to some of the reviewers, and I, I decided to check this out, and just my jaw was probably on the floor the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I had WTF face for, mm-hmm. for, for the 90 minutes that this thing was on. The visual style on it alone is kind of worth checking it out, and I, I immediately thought of like if Stanley Kubrick and Terry Gilliam had a baby camera, this is maybe what it would look Ooh, like. Yeah, you know what? That's yeah. And I was talking about it with someone else, and they're like, "And Wes Anderson," and I'm like, "Holy fuck, you're right, definitely Wes Anderson." <laughs> the whole opening montage is totally Wes Anderson. Uh, which, in my opinion, if you're going to crib, man, take it from the best. And, you know, you can't do worse than... But a lot of Kubrick. Kubrick was my first impulse. Um, and just, it gets weirder from there. <laughs> so yeah, should we dive in? Yeah, uh, try Yeah, try. Try to recap this if you can, because I know I can't do it. It's, it's way too detailed, as many of mine are. Um and we may just give up eventually and just kind of talk about more general things. But we'll see how it goes. It's it's a Legion schizophrenic podcast, kids. So yeah, try to follow along because it gets a little wiggy, as yeah. Dick would say. We open with a song, Happy Jack by The Who, 
and a visual montage that starts with a baby. I also had a World According to Garp, this felt like to me, too, the opening. Just remember the bouncing baby. And I haven't seen that one. No? Oh, classic. You other Robin Williams fans will know what I'm talking about. Anyway, a visual montage starts with the baby. Our, our protagonist, David, who we see through different scenes of his life, um, this is kind of normal childhood stuff uh, until kind of the explosive science fair project. And the scenes start to turn a little nightmarish with young David screaming, kind of surrounded by people, and it's implied that it's in his head. Uh, more scenes of childhood antics and the implication that David is seriously disturbed and also might have powers. Um I'm not sure if you'd, you'd figure out the powers part if you didn't know this was kind of an X-Men show, but... No, it was, you'd have no clue. But that's fine. I think that's what they're going for. Um, and, and the people that eventually find out he does have powers probably had a bigger twist, you know, experience than we did, obviously. We finally get to adult David, who is hearing voices and preparing to hang himself. And kind of as he drops, we get a scene of his sister coming to visit him in the mental institution on his birthday. And she tries to make small talk, but David answers with sarcastic humor. Um, the, the sis starts eating the cupcake that she erroneously brought to David, and he is saved by the meds, uh, Belle, and freed from the awkward meeting. <laughs> we learn we're at Clockworks Psychiatric Hospital because, of course, we are. And I, I thought it looked like Kubrick long before they threw the word clockwork in there. Yes, very. Uh, it, they never give us a time frame of when the show takes place. So this could easily be the 60s, the it's, 70s, the 50s or the future because the, there's some future tech. too. Yeah, the style is so, you know, purposefully ambiguous that it's just it's kind of. Brilliant and also off-putting. You really, your brain can't kind of target in on anything, and I think that's the intent. <laughs> yeah, if you took the psych ward from uh, Cuckoo's Next Nest yeah. and the um, the uh, spaceship from two thousand one and mashed them together, exactly. that's what the there's that's... one scene that looks totally like two thousand one yeah. in this too. Yeah, yeah. It's just I think the intent of this show is to make the audience feel as schizophrenic as David is. That's uh, yeah, works. unreliable narrator <laughs> is the the key phrase here. Yeah, it works very very well. It's, it was like my brain hurts at the end of this. Yeah, um, yeah. We get a good look at the institution um, and life within, intercut with what are presumably whose hallucinations David is having, and we meet uh, uh, my my crush Aubrey Plaza playing his friend Lenny. Oh, God. Big I part. barely recognize her. I'm like, is yeah. that? Oh, my God. Yeah. They made her look like a total junkie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was good at it, too, man. She's uh, Yeah. She even cleans up nicely later, um, which we'll get to uh, after she dies. Yeah, it's that kind of show. A new patient arrives in the community room, and uh, David takes notice, and she's quite striking-looking woman. Uh, David steals Lenny's Twizzlers, Twizzlers and goes to make friends, but bumps into her, making a runoff, saying, Too close, too close. Yeah. More hallucinatory uh, memory stuff, and we learn about the devil with the yellow eyes. Yeah. Well. And we get some more psychedelia mixed with what appears to be actual instances of his powers going haywire. David is in a group therapy now, and the new girl uh, we learn is Sydney Barrett. <laughs> and for those of you that don't get the reference, go listen to some old Pink Floyd. 
Um, she arrives late and throws in her two cents about why they're all there and equates insanity with the genius of people like Picasso and Einstein. Yeah. And we learn that uh, Sid doesn't like to be touched. Dr. Shrinker tries his counseling powers and fails. I think uh, his name's Kissinger, right? Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, again, playing with our, that's a troll, gotta be. Uh, he yeah. tries his counseling and, and fails, and she tells David that he isn't sick, uh, and him hearing voices is just him. Uh, Dave asks if she wants to be his girlfriend, and she says yes, but don't touch me. <laughs> uh, what a waste. Yeah. <laughs> At dinner, we get treated to the Rolling Stones. She's like a rainbow. Great music. Yeah. And more hallucinations, of course. Uh, David and Sid are becoming fast friends and talking about their various idiosyncrasies. You know, we get your standard time-saving visual montage of Sid and David getting closer. Yeah. It was, it was good. It was good. It was good montage. Mm-hmm. Cut to a scene of uh, David talking to some investigator, and now we start just bopping around in time like a fucking tennis match. Yeah. Um, talking to some investigator, asking him questions about Sid, and he's telling David that there is no record of Sid ever existing. And this is, I said, clearly a flash forward. There has been some incident at Clockworks, and something very bad has happened to Lenny. Um, there is an insidious-looking man in the room, also that is carving something. And it's Art Garfunkel. It's creepy Art Garfunkel. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he might as well have had a fucking neon sign saying "villain" over his head. Yeah. <laughs> David gives the investigator the backstory of his attempted suicide. Um, the narrative keeps flipping back and forth. The investigator and his psychiatrist, and we get uh, to the question about David thinking he has powers. And we jump back to the past, presumably. And Sid sneaks into David's room. Creepy. She wants to sleep with him, but with a large pillow between them and her on top of the covers, of course, because the poor bastard doesn't have enough frustration in his life already. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's cool, ladies. Sometimes it gets problematic. She tells him that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> She's leaving tomorrow. David pretends to be happy for her. And she tells him that he has uh, he has to get better so he can come home, too. David moves in to kiss her, but she pulls away, of course. Back to the present, David is getting frustrated with the interrogations, so they take a break. And then the camera follows our main investigator guy into various rooms with weird sciency and military stuff going on. Yeah. And a conversation and people watching something in big ornate chair. I mean, just... Yeah, yeah, it's a, a total. Balls. Where the hell? What the hell happened? Wait, the, what is going on? This whole show is just tripping balls, and if you understand <laughs> that term, I don't even do drugs, and I felt like I was tripping yeah. balls. <laughs> Conversation tells us that the people watching them have determined that David might be the most powerful mutant ever, and we learn that Division One thinks he should be killed. Why not? Yeah. And there's also some weird dog critter in a red cage because why the fuck not at this point? Yeah. And the the guy, the creepy guy that's been in the interrogation room has been whittling a dog mm-hmm. the entire uh, time. Yep. See, this guy's psychic. I was just about to say that. Hmm. Mm. Division one. I've got a possible mutant in Boston. And, no. Uh, <laughs> creepy guy is sitting with David and lo and behold, he sets a carved dog in front of him and leaves. And we get a flashback to David arguing with, I think it was his girlfriend, and suddenly it appears that David causes everything in his apartment to fly everywhere in a telekinetic burst of power that we've seen yeah. many times in some of the funny books. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, as this is happening, David sees a demonic-looking man with the yellow eyes in the corner. Oh, my God. That the demonic-looking guy with the yellow eyes. Every time he, they have a musical, like, flute sting every time he pops up. Yeah. And it's, it's creepy as fuck every yeah, time. It's, it's, it's fucking great. <clears throat> and I'm Shadow King. That's all I'm saying. I think it's the Shadow King. We'll get there eventually, I'm sure. <laughs> the investigator and his assistants in pink hats... Sure, come in with some 70s science fiction equipment to test David, and David realizes that they are actually afraid of him. He agrees to the test, so they wire him up. I mean, they've got like a big oscilloscope, and it's just the... A reel-to-reel, it's crazy. This is, yeah, yeah. not so. Uh, and then back at Clockworks, and Sid is getting ready to leave, but it doesn't appear David wants to say goodbye. But as she's leaving, Lonnie stops her to delay her, and David comes running, and he leans in to kiss her, and as they touch, the world goes wacky. Oh, yeah. Memories, weird TV hallucinations, trippy, trippy, and a flash of light, and they both collapse. David is screaming. Sid is being dragged out. The orderlies try to restrain him, and in the waiting room, uh, Sid suddenly... uh, Sid... She suddenly starts looking at herself strangely in the mirror and touching her own boobs. Oh, yeah. And long story short, they switched bodies when they kissed. Because um, mutants. At this we point, think. Um, and here's why you're right. At this point, my brain schismed and I decided I couldn't go on with this recap. So let's talk about general things. Uh, this, is, <laughs> yeah. this is only halfway through this freaking yes. episode. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so, long story short, basically Dave's a mutant, clearly. So is Sid. Shady government people want to control him. Lenny got embedded in a fucking wall, and he took the doors down, and people were screaming. And bad things so they happened. made the doors disappear. The doors became solid walls. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And, yeah, so essentially they switched bodies, and so Sid became David and couldn't deal with his powers, and... Hilarity ensues. Uh, David eventually loses control on, on the government guy, and the center goes into red alert, and they gas him. And we get a nice powers run amok scene. Yeah. Um, he escapes and shows up at his sister's side. Now, I wasn't, I didn't even know what the fuck was going on at this point. I mean, they switch bodies, but then they he got out for a while, and then he's in the pool and just... I need another shot of something, Barton. Yeah, it's... And, it, <laughs> keeping track of this but, is like... But it was glorious. I enjoyed it. But I'll get there. Um, he, we'll say he escapes at his sister's house, because reality is whatever the fuck we want it to be at this point anyway. Especially for him. And yes. on top of that, he's now seeing... Uh, Lainey speaking to him. Yep. Even though she's dead, and she realizes she's dead. My very next lines, you were time jumping here. Oh, Lenny shows up as a head ghost and yells at him for killing her. <laughs> then, hey, a musical number with dancing, because why not? It's like a Bollywood dance scene. <laughs> yeah. Just because. <sighs> it's so. It's, if you're going to go for the insanity angle, you might as well go all in. That's what I say. Yeah, it's 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 fucking weird, man. <laughs> and then he's in a swimming pool, and the bad guys have him in an elaborate trap that will zap him if he tries to escape. And they're and trying to find out... What was that? Oh, uh, yeah, go for it. 
Then they're just they're trying to find out who came for Sid, and suddenly he gets a psychic message, a kind of Inception style, telling him to slip under the water. A rescue is on with guns and flame flowers and, and crispy bad guys. Crispy. And Sid is there, and a guy with a fucking Tommy gun because timeless. <laughs> they escape into the woods with a war zone all around them. People are shooting mutants or kicking ass. And they flee to a waiting boat that is waiting to pick uh, them up with, along with our possible Lady Professor Xavier, basically. Was, Jean uh, Smart from Jean Designing Smart. Women. I know, yeah. I, I actually just figured that out tonight. I knew what the she, actress She looks name damn was, good though. for her age. Shit, yeah, yeah. Um, so, why not? Uh, and that's where they left us. And I've watched the next episode. And so have I. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's if this is an X Men show, it probably I don't know if it's ever going to admit being an X Men show. Which I, um, I I always question. I even question more now that wh- why bother? You could have just made this the mutant show. I'm sure they're going to acknowledge the universe. Uh, I the show I don't runner, think it, it's either going to be one of two things. They're either going to always tiptoe around it, or there's going to be the straight drop that we find out that Charles Xavier is David's dad. Yeah, I see. I don't know if that's the one thing they'll, they'll probably completely get. I think what they they will explain. The showrunner has said that it's it's basically an alternate X Men universe, which is okay. a thing for them. So no biggie. Um, so I'm thinking eventually we'll get some kind of reveal in that direction where people, you know, the fanboys are going to be pissed. Although I don't even know if, I don't know, uh, this doesn't feel like a fanboy show, but as I said, I I really enjoyed it actually. (laughs) It's, it's just so bizarre. (laughs) Uh, It's, it's hard to, it's hard to talk about it unless you've watched it. Yeah. It's really Putting your finger on it is so difficult because yeah. the 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 narrative is not linear at all. David is not a reliable narrator himself because he's not sure what's in his head and what isn't. Right. I can do nonlinear uh, narrative, but not when it's nonlinear insanity narrative. Yeah. Because <laughs> you never know what you're looking at, whether it's fucking in someone's head or not. <laughs> So basically, where you know the audience becomes as confused as our damaged character, which I, I think that's like. intentional. It's a definitely intentional. I mean, yeah. if you're going to try to pull a viewer into this world, if it's just as hard to figure out for the main character as it is for the viewer, it's going to instantly give you that connection of wanting to find out what's going on with this guy. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. I'm going to give a little piece of uh, the real me here and talk about. Um, the obvious analogy to mental illness in this and the how they're dealing with that. And I've I have some training in psychological shit. It's one of the best portrayals of like schizophrenia I've I think I've seen done, you know. And the guy playing David, I gotta look up his name because it, it I can't from, remember, but he's from Downton Abbey. Dan Stevens. Oh really? Okay. So are one of the British actors taking our jobs again, is that another British actor, oh, yes. Fuck me running. But hey you know man. What? They bring their A game and this dude fucking killed it. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> captivating to watch. You you feel his his the, the way he speaks, he it's you can tell it's hard for him to get a full thought out because his brain is just not able to do that and you you feel that and it only adds to the frustration of you as a viewer 
you're feeling his frustration for not being able to piece things together too. Yeah. Well, I said, here's, here's my little confession. I have a history of mental illness, primarily depression. Um, and at one point I was trying the whole antidepressant thing <clears throat> and I had kind of an irresponsible doctor and also due to like financial limitations, I had to kind of take what they had free samples of and, and she definitely provided a lot of those. Um, but she could and just kept trying me on shit and eventually it interacted so badly that I essentially had uh, active schizophrenia going on. Like I was literally hallucinating shit like you could fucking talk to it, you know, and obviously then I took myself off of the pills and, and left my wife and I was fine. I don't think leaving my wife had that much to do with it. Um, okay. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, I've, I've been in David Heller's head, not quite to that extreme and with those good as special effects, but um, <laughs> but sometimes the special effects are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but. Yes, I just was like so struck by how good this dude was fucking portraying this that it was really visceral for me. <laughs> I, I I mean I don't suffer from from any of those uh, issues, but and I I mean I was I was struck by his performance too. It's hard not to be sucked in by his performance. It is so on the ragged edge and so disjointed. And but, it's, like, written so well, it feels like it's improv. I mean, it's, like, just so sporadic and, and natural feeling. It's, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it, yeah, just in terms of the production design, the production design and the production of it, there's a lot of single takes on this show. Uh, and you wouldn't think that from how disjointed some of it is. But the escape from Clockworks at the end, there, there's a point where they start at them – uh, not Clockworks from uh, wherever he is in the instant, wherever the uh, the bad guys have David. The school pool, the, yeah. whatever <laughs> building it is. There's a shot from the building blowing up and opening up a hole, and then tracking all the way down to yeah. them getting on the getaway boat. And it's, I mean, it's it's movie level. Yeah, it's, they do the, the the one through the the institution in the beginning is just like that too. It's yeah, really good stuff. It's incredibly well made. I mean, there's definitely there's a lot of passion being put into this. It's so weird. I don't know if it's going to last though. But again, it's FX, so they don't really care about having CBS numbers for stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's it was definitely interesting. I, I was interested enough that I uh, it was a little too much for Mari, and she's like, "This is just not doing it for me." I'm yeah. like, I, "I totally understand," but I'm intrigued. So I watched. Uh, I watched the second episode today, and it was, you know, we'll get to it, but it's uh, definitely a show that I'm I'm gonna definitely keep up with because it, it is so interesting, and I'm curious to see where it goes. And I mean, it's keep they keep plugging it as I I think it's almost a mistake to keep unless there's gonna be some reveal. I think it's a mistake to almost keep plugging it as an X Men show because that could piss people off more than anything if they're going in looking for fucking yellow and blue spandex this is this is, this is the avant-garde mutant yeah. show this is this is the x-men show that netflix netflix should do netflix You're right. be doing, essentially <laughs> yeah yeah i can't see him having access uh, to that universe though without without naming some names so i, I think it's gonna happen well if it's an alternate universe of mutants you never you might might never need to 
bring yeah. up anything. There's plenty of mutants that Fox move Fox film isn't going to be using in the movie, so they can slot them into this alternate TV universe. Yeah, but I'm just as excited about these all all these other mutants that I know nothing about from the comics. I mean, that's kind of cool to me too. Cause... Yeah, I'm not even sure if the other because we get a little more information on them in the next episode. I don't even know if those are actual characters or if they're made up for the TV show. I haven't dug into that yet. Uh, no, I, I have a little bit. No, there's other than David himself, there's really nobody that's been named yet. You know, that's from the books at all. So okay. that's intriguing. I mean, Sid is kind of a rogue analog. Yeah. Um, but I, I seem to remember a mutant, and maybe it was just like a you know one-off in the books or something, probably died in the mutant massacre or something, that switched bodies with people. So that one sounded uh, familiar. It's not, it's not ringing any bells, but I'm sure there has been a mutant with that power. Unless I'm thinking of, like, Karma, who used to possess people, but I don't think she switched with them. But, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. It's a little out of my wheelhouse. I, I really but only know the that was 70s little, and 80s Claremont too stuff. Too close to, to Rogue, I guess. But man, it was it was a good way to to go about it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, she just doesn't want to be touched because she's going to switch places with that person. That's yeah. a little different than I'm going to suck all your energy out and kill you. Right. Granted, but I mean, it's a, the whole you know can't touch me. Boyfriend girlfriend dynamic, which I, I almost think they should have stayed away from because of the rogue thing. But eh. whatever, yeah. Well, you get uh, the actual chance to to play it out with more time on TV, though, yeah. so it, it could end up being being worthwhile. Well, of course, my pervy mind then got thinking. It's like, well, would it really matter all that much if they they started making out and stuff and just kept because you just kept switching constantly, wouldn't you? And you know, so uh, actually, yeah, well, we won't. Even yeah, go there. but the problem's going to be is. <laughs> Sid clearly cannot handle the telekinetic powers that David has. True. Right, so, but, uh, David did seem to enjoy having boobs. So. Well, who would, I, I, I enjoy them so much. <laughs> Never my, my mirror, yeah. <laughs> like, and Aubrey Plaza even said that. I was like, wow, I would have just... Yeah. And also, we need to point out again, um, this is where my brain gave up, but this line is worth mentioning, that we've heard the, the term finger-banged. In a on Marvel TV. property now. On TV, yes. Um, you know, we we have had backdoor sex and other Marvel things, but this is the first one in the X universe that has talked about actual penetration, to my knowledge. Ah, <laughs> uh, Deadpool. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, there you go. Well, Deadpool got pegged. Uh, so. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I don't know why that one escaped my brain, but um, to on TV X Men anyway. Yeah. Um, so there's an accomplishment. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> One of the flashbacks uh, we... Oh, actually, actually next uh, episode. So, never mind. Erase that yeah. from your brain with your psychic powers. But you can't. Yeah. Doesn't matter. This review is nonlinear like the show. Exactly. <laughs> what, what these, if, if the show continues on this path, one of these podcasts, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to cut up all our audio and put it in different places. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how well that would go over. <laughs> But I, I gotta recommend it, man. I not even on any basis of it being an X Men show, just the the visual experience of it at this it's, point. I think it's gonna be one of those your mileage may vary. If you're into absolute banana craziness, it'll be up your alley. I mean if you're looking for something where it's got that mystery box aspect, um and Nonlinear storytelling is something you're okay with, and it's you, it's not a it's not a passive watch. Um, 
I think if they're smart, they won't rely on that too much. I don't think we need, need like, Oliver Queen-level flashbacks about Dan. No, but with his mental state, I I mean, you're going to kind of... Yeah, we're always going to get the odd hallucination, apparently. Yeah, and again, it's one of those things that if you fix that, if the character gets to that point where everything is put together perfectly for him, then what's left? So... I think it's going to be part of the show. I really don't think they're going to be able to get away from it completely. So uh, it is going in the X-Men model. So, I mean, we can extrapolate a little bit what's going to happen, but we obviously have this mutant resistance and we have the shady government that's trying to control and or kill them or experiment on them. And, you know, it's kind of the whole days of future past dynamic almost from the books. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 wild. It's again, if you if you're looking for if you're looking for straightforward forward uh, flights and tights, this is not this is not going to be the show for you. If you are looking for something that's a little headier and it's something that you want to invest the time in, you know, you'll probably enjoy it. Um, it's yeah, I, I I'm not going to give it an overall recommend just because it's one of those things that I know it's not going to work for some people. <laughs> at all um being a fan of weird shit it was weird enough where i wanted to continue watching it uh but it wasn't so weird where it put me off from going yeah i'm not interested no i definitely i mean i thought the last scene was just so great i mean it was a nice slow burn to it but man they 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 have now hit the ground running and and it is you know they continue that in the second one there's a lot of quiet talky talky moments yeah, in the second episode, but you can see it's following, you know. But there, there's some mystery boxes there too, and lots of mysteries to be revealed. So, yeah, oh yeah, stuck because I have to know all of them now. So, <laughs> so we're gonna keep doing this. Uh, hopefully, um, maybe we can kick them out quick enough that we can. If the show takes a little, I don't think it's gonna be like a long season. I think it's probably like an eight or nine episode thing, like they usually do on those channels. Uh, yeah, if it's starting in February, that means it's probably not a full season order. Yeah. So, and it's FX, so yeah, it probably will only be like 13 episodes. Yeah, so that's good. I mean, so we can keep up with it reasonably well. If maybe we can stuff two episodes um, in the next one. We'll see. Um, oh, eight episodes. Okay, that's what okay. I'm here. So that's cool. That'll be a short little project for us. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to more, man. I'm all about, like I said, I, a lot of my problems with the X-Universe has been the alternate timelines and shit. But uh, I, I've actually would love to play in that universe with something completely different than the Wolverine Magneto Xavier show. This um, And this is definitely, yeah. definitely different than that. So I'm all about that. And uh, Sienkiewicz uh, seems to like it. I've seen his reaction on it. He, he seems to be very happy with it. So as his creation, I will I will take his opinion about it above most people's. So Yeah. Well, then again, if I created something, I'd say that whatever it was was awesome. Just going to be like, yeah. yeah probably, I have a couple back issues of his first appearance here. If anyone would want them on eBay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, 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 the comic book stock market is flighty that way. It, it works. Um, yeah. I don't even know what the comic book market is like now for back issues. Yeah. Wow. So. It's only dreams for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that about does it. Um, my brain hurts even just talking about that. Show. Yeah, 
thinking about it again, it's like... Try to tighten up. The the narrative in the second one, at least, is a little easier to tighten up for the gap. I I just had to literally give up on this one eventually. (laughs) Yeah, if if, if this sounded interesting at all and the previews sounded interesting, give it a whirl. You'll you'll know after the first episode whether or not you want to keep watching. Yeah. Uh, And sorry, David Pasquarello, this is not going to be one that you can just listen to the podcast and probably know what the hell is going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and this is definitely twice this is definitely not one to watch with the family either. No, no, uh, it's it's fairly mild, but the, we did have a woman dead and embedded in a wall. So there you go. Um, and I suspect there will probably be sexy time down the road because it's an FX. So why not? Yeah. All right, that's it for another weekly heroics um, parallel side universe weekly heroics. For Legion, I'm Scott 2.0. I'm here, Metal Hero. We'll see you next week, whenever next week gets here. Bye now. <laughs>